goal was enough for the three points. Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up everyone? This is Jay from the Two Upfront podcast where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. So unlike other weeks where I have something random, this is kind of random as well. The only reason it's random is because Chuck doesn't want to speak about it on this year episode. The other tour front derby where Sundowns smashed Orlando Pirates 4-1. Like Chuck, are we speaking about this today? Chuck is like, nah, just shook his head. Didn't want to give a reason. Marashua, guys. Do you see, would see the people that I work with. This thing uh, happened like, what, five days ago? It's not five Same days really. ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, other than that, Tyron Woodley, gone to sleep again. Like <laughs> <laughs> Now we've got Kamaru Usman to blame for that. Because at that point, Tyron Woodley was the champion in, in his, I think, welterweight division. Kamaru Usman messed him up. And then every, ever since then, he's never been the same. I need, and, I need to see him. I need to see Jake Paul with someone who can actually box. Like someone who can actually throw hands. Because the things that we're seeing is like... These dudes are actually just embarrassing themselves, man. <laughs> I guess because Jake Paul says this time is going to knock him out and leave no doubt. This nigga like just gave him exactly what he wanted and he went to sleep for and real. This is exactly also what Casper wants to do to Slick Talk. We might bring you coverage of that fight after we probably won't, but we'll probably just touch on this. Because, man, guys are out here training and boxing, calling each other out and stepping into the ring and he's cool. Hi. Yeah, no. Anyway, Chuck. Uh, yeah. Um, top of top of the show, we have cricket essay stuff to talk about. Like whenever this comes up on the show, it's never anything good. It's never yes. anything good. So this time around, we have the SJN hearings, which were, were being conducted this year, where we know one of the more explosive things that came from those hearings is how Mark Boucher was racially discriminatory towards Paul Adams. Mm-hmm. And I was on here calling for Boucher's job. And those hearings were wrapped up and there was there was a report that was conducted and that was made public. And the thing that we want to touch on is the hirings of Graham Smith and Mark Boucher. And the report, um, I read an excerpt from the on, the on the report, on Boucher's appointment, and Sabeza said Smith, this is Graham, did not follow any CSA policy in appointing Mark Boucher uh, with no interviews conducted while Boucher also did not possess the level four coaching qualification required for the position of national coach. The report says there was no clear reason as to why Boucher was the head coach ahead of Inokum Gwe, who had served as the Proteus team director in an interim capacity up until then. Ngwe, who was appointed as assistant coach under Boucher, does possess a level 4 coaching certificate. And the report ruled that he had been discriminated against in the appointment process. And the basis of that discrimination is race, which 
is a a big thing to say. So Smith, Boucher, the appointments um, are, are said to be riddled with racial bias and what we would um, term white privilege. What should happen from here? As it would, it would be easy if Nkwe was still in that uh, role as e- e assistant coach. Then you would say, just switch the tables and give whoever is cre- who is accredited with with the level four um, coaching certificate to 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 do the job. Before you continue, why mm-hmm. isn't Kwe not in that position, Chuck? Because he's just hating. He's just hating. I mean, Jay, Nkwe Okal, he was given the job on a, on an interim basis because yeah. he was the guy. Who were, who was still there? I think after Gibson left, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Darren Gibson, which is a West Indian coach. After Lapo, out of the blue, because they hadn't spoken to him, I think for six weeks, no one had said a word to Unque. Um, the interim manager, and all of a sudden, Graham Smith pops up, Mark Barcher pops up, and like, oh, dude, by the way, you're no longer going to be head coach. You're going to be assistant coach, and reluctantly agreed to that. But after having seen Oguti, one, he was underpaid for that job that he was in as as the assistant coach. Underpaid by the standards of 2012, Jay. 2012, he was being underpaid. Bungana budget for Unkwe, but there was the budget to hire O. Graham Smith without an interview, without the, the necessary qualifications. So Unkwe left because one, he was he was not given the role that he was he was qualified for. Two, yeah. was being underpaid for the one that he was demoted to. I mean, I I, I didn't know this before. Remember when he had said when he had wrote uh, his resignation letter mm-hmm. and he said, "Okay, I'm stepping down." What what? This is news. Like, I would have left as well. There's no point to even discuss it. Like, dude, you guys clearly don't appreciate me. You guys don't value me because Mark Vaya, the, the previous, I think it was CEO, was uh, suspended. Moreau. Moreau, yeah. yeah. Oh, we know, gets demoted. And then the white guys just, just shuffle in. Velabo, Abokalis, Velabo Smith, Velabo Poucher, all friends, we would assume, or people who were playing together. And now, you know, Kunkwe, being the token black guy, basically, because if he was valued, he would get the job that he deserves. So he was tired of playing that role as token black guy. But since I know Kunkwe, because I would have said roles reverse, Mark Barcha, if you want to stay, be the assistant, Mkwe, go to that uh, appropriate position. But because Agasel Kunkwe, I think, and I say this to you off mic, that Afghanistan should take our place up until we sort out our <laughs> business. <laughs> because we are fumbling as, as CSA men. Um, it's embarrassing right now to say which these are the guys who represent us. Um, because ultimately, as much as the guys in green and the, and the ones with the protests on their chest play and represent their country, this is where the decisions are made. This is the... This is where the, the the buck stops. This is where every decision is made and, and it's executed executed on the field. So if these are the guys who are representing us and they're doing such a bad job, I mean, now my findings are about Kalis, about De Villiers, uh, who could be implicated in all of this racial whatnot. There's Smith, there's Boucher, there's Paul Adams. Nothing is going right at CSA. I mean, the one thing that we could have been happy about was that we didn't do too badly at the T20 World Cup. And you come back home and then there's more of the story. So... For me, Ndwana, I think he should step down. It's only honourable, him and Graham Smith. Because Graham Smith wasn't even sure that he wanted the job. And when he does finally make his make his stance permanent, good, okay, I'll take the job. This is what he does. So, my, my view of this report is... It's actually disappointing. From the report side, uh, I'm going to get into Graham Smith and, and Mark Boucher. But... There should have been a better job done with what was given because Graham Smith's lawyer has responded to the mm-hmm. report. And what he has pointed out, these are things that I would like to then hear from like the, the side of the SJN hearings. 
because one of the things that um, his lawyer points out is that when you make such far-reaching and public findings on on the basis of racial prejudice, you can't then in the same breath say that your findings are tentative, you know, which is what the hearing said, that mm. this is this is what they are putting across to us, that there was ra- like racial shenanigans that were at play here. But we are not entirely certain. Mm. If you're going to make a statement like that, Again, in South Africa, you need to be certain about this is this is of course it's an opinion, right? If you if you if you sit in any kind of court of law and people you get to hear different sides of a story, you make you make a finding, you make a conclusion, and you pass down a judgment, right? Mm-hmm. But even in 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 that scenario, the other issue is that those who are accused of 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 these things, Boucher, Smith, Davilius, they responded. To the to these reports via writing, but they were not cross examined. Mm. They were not brought in as witnesses. We did not get to hear from them. And the question is, why are you not bringing in these guys? Let them sit there and let us listen to them. Let us also be the court of 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 of, of public opinion. Let us have an opinion based on what we're hearing mm. or we're seeing, and say when he said this, when he answered this way to that question, I was not convinced that he is let's say not racist Mm. you know i was not convinced that they really did follow due process because if you're accusing them of this sit them down ask smith what what processes did you follow to Mm. uh, to hire mark boucher ask Mark boucher when you were applying for the did you even apply for the job is there is there is is there a a paper trail that you can point to that you applied for it can both of you come together and and show us Mm. how how you how whatever needed to be applied was applied that you got to this decision. So I'm disappointed, Chuck, because I was here calling for Mark Boucher's job, still am calling for Mark Boucher's job because of the Paul Adams saga, but also because of this saga. Mm. You know, on the side of Smith, I'll say in, in terms of Graham Smith, one of the other things that his lawyer points out is the fact that to accuse him of being someone, because of he didn't want to work under Tabang Moreau, mm. that points out that he doesn't want to work under a black man. Well, that doesn't hold water because the current CEO is black. Mm. Three presidents of, of, board, of CSA yeah. have been black. The guys who hired Smith, also pointed out by his lawyer, Smith did not hire himself. The guys who hired Smith, largely made up of, 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 of black people. And I think there was an Indian person in, in that group as well, in that board. So CSA are the ones who are then taking these uh taking this the the report and they're going to make recommendations they're also they're going to launch their own investigation and then make a decision my i'm sitting over here thinking CSA are implicated in this because they hired smith for the reasons they hired smith for again smith did not hire himself and they're the guys who are then going to look into themselves that's not going to work like i i i side with you when you say you're disappointed because that 253-page thingy is not conclusive. It was. How do you how do you conduct something that large after spending as much, much money was spent on that, and then we like? So what do you what are you saying that we should do? There's no recommendation. Like, it there's make no sense. recommendation from the report. Because when you read it, was an interim report, and then when you're waiting for a final report, the final report never comes, and this is what you're left with. And so it's inconclusive. It doesn't really say much. It says a whole lot of words, but it doesn't really say much in terms of what did you find and is it cleared? Who did what? It's it's 
it sounds at this point that it's all based on assumption because the lawyer is pointing out very blatant and obvious things. I mean, you don't need a lawyer to say, wait, I was hired by black people. I'm working for black people. Like, you know what I mean? Where's the racial, where's the racial, uh, yeah. uh, where you don't tolerate that? Where's the racial intolerance? Where, 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 where do we find that you guys investigated and beyond what is obvious and clear that you guys found? Uh, where, where, where's the, the stuff that we don't know? So it it sucks in that in that regard. But Jay, why why isn't CSA fixing itself? Like CSA's got problem after problem. Last they were not taking a knee, and then there's the Mark Boucher things, and then there's the Paul Adams things. Like, does CSA enjoy shooting themselves in the foot? Because and and everything is racial. Sorry to say, but everything is racial because we of all countries, Jay, are the ones who don't know whether to take a knee or not. Of all the countries in the world participating in the T20 World Cup, we're not too sure should we take a knee, shouldn't we take a knee. And when you look at then Indabagangwe, Nkwe's got a marvelous uh, resume in terms of what he's achieved in the game. Like from ever since he retired as a player, um, coaching at club level, going overseas for his coaching, coaching T20 franchises and sides, and eventually graduating to, towards the Proteus and then being under Uo Gibson to where he is right now and how he was treated. That... I don't know if they can get away with that in terms of just the Nkwe case. Never mind, there's a yeah. can they Can they really exonerate Abu Smith and Abu Basha from that not being a racially motivated uh, incident? So with Nkwe, he was hard done by. And I don't even know how do you recover that? How do you say to come back and do your job with the same people who overlooked you, who discriminated you, who, who belittled basically your efforts or whatever you accomplished in the game? So they need to... We need a reform, Jay. They, I, I'm calling for Basha. I'm calling for Graham Smith because... Clearly, it's not working. Ever since those two got together at the top, it's, it's been it's been floundering. And at this point, we're a joke as CSA. We're, nobody's stumbling as, as much as we're doing. That's the thing, right? Because you can't even exonerate them on the basis that, but look at the performances. So if you had mm. that, then then we would be a little confused or we'd be in a, in a, in a, in a tough spot in terms of what should we do because, hey, we just won a T20 World Cup for the first time in 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 our history you know mm. and we got the choking monkey off our backs and it's like and it that these things have happened since smith and boucher have been heading up the team but that is not something that is an argument uh for them as well because with with the boucher hiring right mm-hmm. so one of the other reasons that Ngwe left was that he did not he said he did not want to be as involved with the training sessions, but wanted to be part of the tactical outlay for mm. what the team supposed to do, which means he was left out of that. And again, that 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 smells of 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 racial discrimination because we just want you to go put out the cones. We just want you to like throw down at nets. We just want you to do catching practice. You know, mm. you you are, you are a former player. You can do that. Just be out there on 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 the field with them. And these are these are these are professionals. They don't need that much refinement in terms of their game. Whereas where the coach's actual job, where you, where you earn your money is what, what plans do we have for the side that we're going up against? What, 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 what bowling, what, what field um, placements are, do we have? What bowling are we, are we conducting towards a particular batsman? What do we know about his weakness? What have we noticed in watching those things? And that's cerebral, you yeah. know, and that was what Nkwe and his qualifications as a coach, as a tactician, that's where he wanted to be involved. But he also felt that uh, his ideas were not being heard by Mark Boucher, who is a man unto himself, it, it, it seems, that these are his ideas and this is what's supposed to go forward. And even with regard, Chuck, to Mark Boucher not being properly qualified, right? That's such a mess because 
if you are Graham Smith, finally then in the position where you're going to make a coaching hire. Okay, so you want to hire Boucher. Let's say you genuinely believe that Boucher is the best man for the job. You are aware, though, that he does not have the qualification, right? Mm-hmm. It's already been a firestorm at, at CSA, and there is a vacancy for the coaching position. There isn't a permanent coach, and Quay wasn't a, a permanent coach at the time. Yeah. If you really want to hire Boucher, and you already have an interim, why do you not say to Boucher, go get your qualification? And then after he does, then you hire him, mm-hmm. right? Then you we, we're not even having the conversation of, the other guy was not... A, and this is what we hear constantly from South Africans that I work in corporate, I've got a master's, but the guy who is who who, who is over me, he doesn't even have a trick or <laughs> he, he just has a yeah. trick, you know? And that's blatant. Same thing with Boucher hiring... With, with Smith hiring Boucher. That is blatant. Why mm-hmm. don't you go get your qualification if you want this job? Because if that is a requirement... How do you get the job without meeting the requirement? This is the standard. You've not met the standard, but because I know you and we've we've shared a field together, you meet the standard. And even if you then want to make the argument that, you know what, Boucher was successful because he was successful as, I think, the Titans coach, right? If you, Dolphins. Dolphins the Titans. Titans and then t- your Titans. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you want to make that argument that look what he's done, even a lot of qualification, because some people are just gifted like that, you know, look what he's done in, in, in the job and he's got previous success at, 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 at um, first class level. You look at the other guy who's qualified, as you said, he has a, 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 a longer format title in South Africa. He has a shorter format title in South Africa. So there is no argument you can make for Boucher over Nkwe in that scenario, except for the fact that, well, it's just because you know him. Oh, like it just, it just comes down to the fact that you know him, and that 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 cannot be allowed to stand, and that's when then Smith now also is implicated because he's the one mm. who made that coaching hire. So the the former uh, acting CEO of Cricket South Africa, he says, had he known what it was going to look like a white what what takeover, he wouldn't have taken the job. But as much as they refute all these claims of racism, his his words being quoted in Cricket Info. I spoke to Enoch's advisor and he said Enoch was really hurt by the fact that he wasn't being considered head coach. I could see he was hurt, but I wanted him I wanted him part part of it for a few reasons. One, it's it's good for continuity. He had just been to India and we realized in the future Temba would be would play a, a bigger role and he got on well with Temba. Is that on a basis of being in the team with these black guys work together and if you want to stick with Temba, keep him with it. That's that's a racially motivated, whether it's positive or not, but that's a racially motivated decision. Which I want him there because of Temba. Nothing tactics related. Nothing in terms of what he's what, talent. Nothing about what he brings. Yeah. I see what you what you can do as a coach, but I want you for your skin because you get along with Temba. And this is because Jay, remember at some point Temba was dropped for a test match. I, th- I forgot which series it was. I think it was against uh, England or India. And when and when Temba had recovered, was fully fit. He didn't play in that game, and there were calls with why isn't Temba playing. Now, on the back of that, Temba comes back, and this guy said he had spoken to Temba's dad, apparently, and Temba's dad was hurt, and he could see, you know, this thing is Aikofe and Anani. On the back of that, but they see a bigger role for Temba, which for me suggests when you didn't really value him, when he was fit enough to play, you dropped him anyway. And I mean, look, let's be frank about it, though, to be honest. Temba's numbers weren't great. He wasn't converting to no, hundreds. Right. He had good starts, and he didn't really do do as well as he, as he should have in that time, right? But after being dropped, and well, after being dropped, being recalled into the side, he was good enough to be in the Poetry's jumper, right? And then he gets injured, get o- gets obviously omitted from that game because he's injured. But when he's fit again, he misses out on that game altogether. I think, in, if I'm mistaken, the whole series. 
So when you're speaking to his dad, Uti, we see bigger roles for Temba in future, which you're not really um, displaying because if you see a bigger role, you'd include him now. Just like how we're seeing Abu Makram because he's a future captain, they're including him now, right? Mm-hmm. So Uti, they see him as a future whatnot with a bigger role. I start to wonder Uti, his captaincy, how legit is it? Because it doesn't seem like there was much consideration in Temba being captain because now Enoch Nkwe was getting along with Temba. Nothing concrete, nothing with cricket reasoning that was, was applied. Maybe they wanted to do, do the SIA uh, experiment for your protest. Let's have a black captain and see who can is messed up, man. Because this guy is trying to explain what you know wouldn't mean bad. These are the words that come out of his mouth. What Nkwe gets along with Temba. Ah, come on, you're not fixing anything, dude. The issue is CSA. It's organization-wide. And we've said this before, mm. you know, because... I mean, the matters of Nkwe being, not being paid according to 2012 standards, mm. that's the organization. And in, in, in them saying that they're going to look into the findings of the hearing, one of the other things that they've noted is that they're going to look at, 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 at wage discrepancies, talking about also like the women's cricket team. And then they also include there that they're going to look about development into grassroots. Two years ago, we were having this conversation about they actually have a, a, a planned out approach as to what they're going to do with development in largely black communities. And yet they've not followed through on it. And in 2021, they're saying they're going to like look into that. What is this organization actually doing? As much as you, 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 you said jokingly that Afghanistan needs to replace us and we need to take mm. a, take a seat. I think it might actually be a time because I I have watched and heard the ANC, for example, say that they're gonna self-correct. Nothing of the sort has ever happened. It's not Doesn't gonna happen. happen. Yeah. The CSA are not gonna self-correct. As I'm saying, they're implicated in this. They look terrible in this whole situation, and they are not the people who then are supposed to investigate themselves and have findings about themselves and mm. then make decisions on that. Some there needs to be an external force that comes and deals with the with the CSA. That is maybe where the 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 minister of sports comes in into it. Don't really trust the guy either because he's not been a, a a picture of someone who is good at his job during this pandemic either. But or the ICC themselves mm. appoint a a, 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 a a board of sorts and they come and sort out the CSA like problems. But in terms of Smith and Boucher, particularly because like we are not gonna miss them in terms of translate translating to success on the field. They can go, and whoever else is still in the positions that they they were in when all of this was happening, they should also go. We should just clean house and start from the ground up with something new because this, this is not working. And also, again, with 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 the hearings, I don't even know if I want to even hear from these guys. It's just like okay, what they did find was great, you know. But at the end, when we needed them to say this, then is what needs to happen. It's like. You need to put your head on the line. You need to say that this is exactly what like what has happened, and this is this is our recommendation. So, yeah, man, you don't cricket you, South Africa. You don't dig up uh, the, the the ruins of the Holocaust and find Hitler's diary and never read it. Mm-mm. Like after going through all that hard work and bringing in all the guys to have their peace and say this and tell you investigating, but at the end, this is all you guys that have come come up. You with. guys decide what needs to happen. Nah. Angazia, you're right. Now, they're incompetent. Like, I don't know if it matters what they say anymore because no, because why? It. Why didn't why didn't you bring these guys and talk to them? That that is my first question mm. because there were hearings. Like, bring everyone who is involved, every person of interest. Let them sit there. 
let them answer questions and let us go from there. Those guys get to write in, to 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 write in. Then what? But there's sadly though, Mobile and Alan is a TRC. This reconciliation part really doesn't 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 no lead you to justice. Yeah. Like, reconciliation must follow must have, justice. Yeah. And there must be consequences for things that have taken place. You don't just overlook that and sweep them under the rug and say, Okay, let's just sit around the campfire and sing Kumbaya. It doesn't help to say, for instance, at the TRC, Mr. So and so killed your son, there he is and he's sorry. On his behalf. Go give him a hug. And like, so what on. about our home? Because that was our breadwinner and we could have been here and there, but we're still stuck like, here great. because... Yes, I'm willing to forgive him, but can you tell me first that he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison? Then we can talk. Yeah, because, I mean, there's no way Nkwe is coming back with these people uh, right nah. now. And Nkwe is a credible coach. I don't want to come back either. You know, up until they clean house, Nkwe can't come back or people of, of, of a similar ilk can't come and manage in that position because they're running with idiots, basically. Idiots. Because every, every other time, they, they're just messing up. So... Let's 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 our protest team can be the women. Well they are run by CSA. They must form their own port because <laughs> they're actually doing well and I can get behind that. Yeah, so talking about things that are correcting and teams that are actually improving and going somewhere. It's in Langomaya Contan. Let me tell you there's a, there's a song that Jay learned recently. How recently? It's about what, two months, three months now. Lyrics to the tune of Arsenal, the best team in the world. By far. Like, come it's, on, by far. <laughs> by far. The greatest team the world has ever seen. Come on. I'm like, what? When was this song Although, ever relevant? By the, way, by the way, can I just say, so my my whole excitement about that has been deflated as of yesterday. Do you know why? Why? Because I found that that's a generic, generic song sung by English fans. Sunderland fans sing the song where they say Sunderland are by far the greatest team the world's ever seen. I was like, ah, come on, man. I find just happy to sing as, as long as it's Although, for their cause. it is true for Arsenal. Whenever <laughs> was that ever true? Ah, come on. Anyway, um, but to, to credit the team, they are on the up. And like I say, Jay, because we were, well, I was laughing um, when you guys were relegation threatened. Now you're in fourth. With with a good with a good deal of points ahead of I think your next compared people who could overtake you are only Arsenal and sorry only United and Tottenham if they win their games in hand, but you're sitting pretty anyway and you've uh, you've corrected your wrongs. Martinelli's firing, Smith Rowe's been on fire, Saka's finding a bit of form, Lacazette is now playing an integral part, Thomas Partey is solid, Odegaard Odegaard is finally doing something right in midfield, Ramsdale has proven to be a revelation in goals. Your defense is playing well. Uh, Otieni is, is Tieni. Abo, Abo, Abo. Why is the other guy you signed beside Lakonga? Tavares, ne? Tavares, he's, yes. He's good as well. Ben White is finally solid. It's coming together. Except for whom they stripped the captaincy of. But Jay, Arsenal are on the up and up. Our glory day is back for Arsenal. Are you Man. happy with what you're seeing? And could you be happier Oh. Are you content with what you see? At this, at the state of where Arsenal are right now, also when you consider how Arsenal started the season, rock bottom after three games, uh, having not scored any goals as well, like <laughs> minus nine goal difference. We, there was a thrashing. There was a an in, a competitive imbalance against Brentford, newly promoted Brentford. Then there was the trip to the Etihad where five, Arsenal got five. Um, yeah, Tete was experimenting with this formation and stuff, yeah. And then you come home against Chelsea and again, like Arsenal could not land a punch on, on, on Chelsea. You know, they just like ran right, even though the score does not suggest that. 
But where we are now, even actually with that period included, so when you go back to Christmas of last year, so now we're talking about a calendar year. That's that's a big chunk, right? Mm-hmm. You have in that time period Manchester City who've collected 104 points. You have Chelsea who've collected 79 points. You've got Arsenal who've collected 79 points. They have been in Champions League form for a year. Mm. I have to say that they are there. They are competing for the Champions League spot. If you ask me the question, are they back? When I started supporting Arsenal, where I believe Arsenal belong, is at the very top, being by far the greatest team (laughs) the world has ever seen. But ultimately, ultimately, where Arsenal are heading towards, or what, as the fans, we believe Arsenal are building towards, is to challenge for an EPL title. It is to be in a position not only to return to the Champions League, but at some point again challenge for the Champions League because last time last seen in the Champions League there were like 10-2 thrashings by Bayern Munich and, and, and the like so can Arsenal then get back into the Champions League and then what are they going to embarrass themselves there that is that is not being back that's being back in the Champions League yes mm. but mixing it up amongst the big boys especially when you look around what is happening um, in, in with the guys with the other teams near by where Arsenal are Spurs your United yeah this Arsenal team are legit in mm. terms of going for a, a, a Champions League spot. Well, look, I, I must say that you guys have turned a corner. I think you actually have turned a corner. I mean, never mind the stats that you lay out in terms of the points accumulated uh, within the calendar year, um, comparing now to last last year uh, around this time. You guys are playing beautiful, beautiful flowing football. Um, before, it was you guys trying to do it. And from time to time, Obama Young had a spark. From time to time, Sakai brought something to the party. But this time, the young boys are delivering. Um, Odegaard, Forster, he wanted it to work with Odegaard so badly that he was willing to shift people around, that even if Smithrow was fit, wait a minute, Smithrow, I need to f- figure it out with this guy. Um, or, or Thomas Party himself has said that he, he rated his... First season at Arsenal, I think four out of ten. He's not good. Eh? Yeah, he's he's not happy with he's his really own not performance. Being good at Arsenal. So I mean, if if he's if he's candid about it, which I think we've all uh, could testify and say, what well, you have not looked anywhere near to what you looked like in an in Atletico shirt for Arsenal. Um, if you can take it up a level, it's just him alone. I mean, with the pieces that you have, you guys could s- certainly uh, um, um, solidify fourth place. But I'm happy to see people like Martinelli performing because he's someone who's. He was a spark, um, Lalapo, and he was good. And like, okay, he's, this is the next best thing. And then he was quiet for a long time. And then since then, people like uh, Abosaka have surpassed him. Since then, Smith Roy has emerged and surpassed him. And then you find out, okay, fine, he's back. I don't know how long he'll keep this up for. But against United, he was good. He just didn't, couldn't, couldn't cap, cap it off with a goal or an assist. But against United, he was good. And since then, he's been putting in decent shifts. Smith Rowe, for somehow him, the ball and the net are uh, just connected. Best somehow, right now. finds himself in the best positions. And that's what you want from a goal-scoring midfielder. You want those kinds of goals. Because when you look at Chelsea, they're struggling to have a player like that. They wish they had a Smith Rowe. I'm sure they've got Mount and he's scored, apart, apart from the last two games, I think four successive, four successive, four successive games, which is similar to Smith Rowe numbers, but they need more of that because they're getting goals from defenders. I'd say you guys are credible at fourth. Um, looking at your competitors, unless what we saw against uh, what we saw against Liverpool and what we saw from Spurs against Liverpool, if they're back, then you've got title contenders. United are building up again and judging by their last game against Norwich, we don't know how far they are in terms of their uh, project in terms of coming back, but 
Arsenal look credible where they are. It's not good to, at some for once, you're not expecting them to turn out a bad performance anytime soon. Because at some point it was like, I know Arsenal, they'll win and win, and at some point the the the, the floor will come well thinking or fall from beneath them. But this time you guys look solid, so that's I'm, good. I'm curious though, Chuck. Um the reason the reason I'm optimistic is because when you look at the last two games, right, mm. there's the win at home against a team who is there with you competing for that full spot, West Ham. A team who have beaten Liverpool, a team who have beaten Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that Arsenal came away with a win from, from that game. They were from start to finish, they were on top. They delivered a performance, in my opinion, that is up there with the Leicester away performance as the best of the season. And when you see that, where Arsenal are controlling a game against an opponent like that, you are you take note, mm-hmm. you know. And then they go away to a Leeds who had just been stuffed seven goals by Manchester City and who have a bunch of players out, a bunch of their front end players out and they Arsenal should take advantage of that. They come into that match and they have their record number of goals shots on target in the first half. I was disappointed with the performance in the second half because they did drop off. They were 3-0 up and I mean a team who were in minus goal difference not so long ago. It's like you, do you not want to get the goals in this in this match and they seem to be too satisfied with that which has been my problem for years with Arsenal that there is satisfaction just being fourth and consistently being in fourth place and it's like you're accepting mediocrity and presenting it as success mm. when it's not you know and Leeds do score then the penalty with Rafinha but then Arsenal do score a goal from Smith Rowe who just can't seem to stop scoring and you look at the scores in that game as well. Martinelli with a double. You have you have Smithrow and you have Saka. Mm-hmm. None of these none of these boys are over the age of twenty one, and you have Odegaard as well, who is young as well. There's there's no one in the team other than Party and Saka. Mm. In terms of the future, the the guys who are gonna be there as the building pieces who are over the age of twenty four, that makes you excited. Mm-hmm. That. Maybe you are ahead of schedule, and where you are at the at, at this at this point is going into Europe, because Arsenal definitely absolutely need to get back into the Champions League for the financial boost. Mm-hmm. Also, if you are going to attract players who you deem will take you over the top and make you competitive in terms of the titles, these guys want to play in Europe. You, you you can't offer them Europa League. You know you can't just say to them you're gonna play in, in the Premier League. Have, Arsenal have to be in the Champions League to attract these guys in order to become better. Mm-hmm. So them being where they are here with uh, the youngest team in the league, that's a good sign. Still not quite convinced with Arteta. Um, I'll revisit my my stance in May. If Arsenal are there, you can't get rid of the guy. Marache, but, Marache. If you look at the out the the, the turn his match Tuchel's points, who people lots of people are saying that nah this guy is the one when he True. took over at Chelsea. So if he's if, if December to December he's matched him, sure then the, there's the odd blip there because in the meantime while Chelsea are winning a Champions League, you guys are in the relegation spots and then uh, jumping out of there again. But you guys have EEE FA Cup, which yeah I guess is a is a cup. But then since then there hasn't really been much squad improvement. My question is. Do you think he's the guy to just get you the young pieces or do you think he can take you through? Because what he's doing is credible. And I know what you don't want to jump the gun and, and do what United did. Like, oh, Oli, you're on a 12-game unbeaten run. Let's have you um, sign a permanent contract. Because that was naive. But this guy's had longer. This guy has... 
he's played his hand in terms of what what kind of players he wants, the signings that he's made. That he's he's basically starting afresh with the young players. And as much as he didn't get people like Abu Awa and all the other signings that he wanted a lot, he's gone out and, and, and signed Abu Ben White, fifty million. I want to solidify my defense. He's got Abu Tavares, Abu Lakonga, and he's made additions to his side. And what he's not doing now, he's not playing Abu El Neni for the sake of playing. Now there is a team that is set up when everyone's fit and healthy. El Neni does not find a, a spot in the team. Agnanda Yongen. So therefore, he is he's really changing the image of Arsenal in terms of who, who Arsenal personnel are, what the standard and caliber of Arsenal personnel are, because yes, you guys are not world class, but your players are very good. And and, and, and one, two more steps before they become world class. If you think of so Saka, if Saka converts, Smith rolls on the verge. Um, Martinelli, if he keeps up the form, can be considered world class. I think Odegaard has the potential to be world class, party potential to be world class, but if if the guys bought you that, and I know what you need to need a lot before you're considered one of the greats in the in the so your name can be sounded out with the likes of Abo Pep, Nabo, Nabo Ten Hag, Nabo Klopp, those guys. Do you think it's a matter of time or do you do you not think that it's just not the right guy? I'm not convinced. Not definitely sure he's not the right guy, but I'm not convinced. And the reason for that, Chuck, it's hard to argue against a year long sample piece. Right, um, and as you note, that only City have performed better than Arsenal in that time, and these are the champions of England who are threatening to do likewise again. But at the point where Arsenal, for example, were so this season, mm-hmm. you've had a situation where this is the first three games, right? And already he was in the job for almost two years, and then you can make the you can make the argument that well Arsenal should probably not have played the game against Brentford because of COVID cases, mm. but then they did and that happened and the the first three games is I'm saying maybe you can they're a wash, okay set them aside, then Arsenal do go on a run, but the stats don't actually tell of a good team the results do and ultimately mm. results trump everything else but eventually what is happening beneath the surface is going to catch up to you. And this happened with Arsenal in games against Liverpool, where, okay, Arsenal were a good run. They go to Liverpool, they, they get they get swept aside 4-0 again, you know. Mm. Then there's a game against Manchester United. Take the lead. This is still Manchester United, who are, you can say are still struggling, mm-hmm. and then lose that game. Take the lead against Everton. Everton as well. That was one of your worst performances of the season. Yeah, Lose that game, mm. you know. So when they turned up against West Ham and looked like that, I, I had no idea where that came from. I literally had no idea where that came from. Same thing with the performance of Odegaard in the last match. Looked like prime Uzo, you know. Mm. And for me, up to this point, Odegaard has been, I'm not going to say the poor man's Uzo because it's not that, like the discrepancy is not that big. Not quite the wealthy man's Uzo, you know. And... You, you need to see that more consistently from, from him because for me, there was no justification if Smith-Rowe is fit why Odegaard is playing ahead of Smith-Rowe. And yet, then Odegaard comes up with the performance he does, but it also is against Leeds, you know? Mm. So, there is a game against Manchester City coming up in not too long. And you can't really judge teams just by like the, the head-to-heads against like big six teams because the league is not just what do you do against big six teams. But... Because of how far Arsenal, how 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 behind Arsenal have been in some of those um, clashes, and where they do go on a good run, but they're not putting teams away, and um, as I'm saying, when they do, then step up against like better teams, they absolutely struggle where they get smacked across the face. I want to see a little more consistency. Mm-hmm. 
again, the year-long uh, tally would say that there's been consistency. But where Arsenal have not been quite as good, you look at them and like, this team is more is closer to the one that finished eighth two seasons in a row than one that is going to go claim a Champions League spot. Because the other thing, it is my belief that beyond beyond the top two, top three, the rest of the league is swack at the moment. Yeah, they haven't quite found their feet. But do you think the hard hand that Arteta uses because Arteta seems to be taking no nonsense from everyone he sees and on the touchline it looks like a Guardiola someone who's never really satisfied there was <laughs> was a clip that I saw other than Ketia Oban who was who had a cramp and Arteta uh, pushed him back onto the field because I was like dude I think it was Martinelli. Martinelli I can't be uh, struggling a cramp go and, and play was, for I, me I think it was telling him as well it's like well if you're going to do that do that on the field oh, so you actually then but as well like, I looked at and I was troubled by this like that's a bit too hard like come on like be more understanding but it's, it seems at the moment though which even though he's got that hard hand there are players who are uh, uh, playing for him still who are, who are who are understanding of that system because they are, they are hard coaches who seem to lose the room as soon as they come in because they come in maybe too robust or they don't connect with the room but I feel Arteta has somewhat connected with his group of players and as much as they do have that Everton performance in them that Brentford performance in them largely when you watch the Arsenal game you, you are happy with what you see on the, on the, on the, on the field and the, any, any selections like I think should Odegaard learn in the Arsenal shirt to control a game that, that that puts you guys in an amazing spot because when he does it, he does it very well. And then you've got your weapons here to do to, to display in terms of the pace that Saka and Martinelli have on either wing. Uh, Smith Rowe in his creative prowess. And if Lacazette is up for it, um, like he's shown in terms of him being involved with, with assists and muckles, you guys do have a potent team. But um, I think I would agree with you that it's still... St- I mean, because if you're beating the best of the rest... Um, doesn't really tell us much about your Champions League credentials. It doesn't really say much about in terms of can you stay there because it's a long race. But so far, so good, man. I and this is not a, this is this is this is not a log table that rewards anything. Christmas to Christmas, yeah. You have to have the spot in May. That's why for me, well, because if Arsenal go on a run, which let's say they match Manchester United from here going forward. Because of how well Manchester United did last season, mm. but because of the fact that if Manchester United win the games in hand, they go a point above Arsenal. If Arsenal then match what United do from here going forward, that still would, if you compound that, you'll find that Arsenal are ahead of United in the time period from, let's say, but the start the of this year until like 18 months, you mm. know. But the league table will tell something different. I don't want, I don't, I don't want these narratives because these are the narratives. When I was calling for Wenger's job, it's because Wenger was saying that we should be happy with fourth. In the position that we're in now, you like, you look back, and I've heard this a lot of times from Arsenal fans. Like, man, we should have appreciated it. No, back we should not then, have been appreciating that. Back, back then, no, you were one of the powerhouses. When you were like a piece yeah. away, when it's like if you get if you get a central, um, a, a, a central defender, uh, a defensive spine, mid, and, yeah. and 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 a centre back, you are go, you are probably going to win one at least one title in in this 10 years but he didn't do that mm. so we had to settle for that so if Arsenal come in fifth just a couple of points a few points behind whoever's in fourth then yes that is an improvement on eighth last season right and that is what they're going to sell us and I don't want that because when you actually look at it Wenger was in fifth place when he left so that means in three years you're going to be right back where you started that's not an improvement pick up somewhere there <laughs> Which is something that Wenger was doing three yeah. or four years in, like b- before he left. So, it ha- they have to finish, Chuck. Yeah. They 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 have to finish the job. It is still 
their mother F and Z and they have to <laughs> complete it. I think what will be telling for me is how you guys do against Norwich at Carroll Road. Because as we all remember, Man United struggled there. And mm. except for that penalty that was scored by Ronaldo, they were nowhere in the game. And Rangnick's, Rangnick's um, explanation is that these guys are more technically gifted, but if they applied themselves more physically and ran more and put more of a shift, they could break down in Norwich. So let's see what Arteta does um, with his team. And if, if you guys dismantle Norwich, because they should be dismantled, home or away, because their form suggests that they suck, you know, just like Newcastle. So if you guys can put them away handily, then you're in a good state. So you bring up Newcastle, Chuck. Mm-hmm. They got thrashed again by a team that put seven past Leeds. And now we have Manchester City who've scored 11 goals in two games. Won the last eight games in a row. Top of the table. It's not even Christmas yet. Are we seeing the annual march towards the title from City? For sure. Because this it, it happens. It's a, it's a slight shift. And then, then it, the wave comes then through. Then you an avalanche. Because we, we, we wanted to say, um, I think two weeks ago, that the, the big boys struggled. They all won on my penalty. And then Chelsea and draw. Then, yeah. Liverpool draw. But these guys don't. They and turn it up a notch. In, in the two games, they score 11 games, as you say. Having smashed the lead seven. And having Bielsa looking funny in the lights because he's on your front man, watch. <laughs> man. Man. I might even remove him from the watch and just, <laughs> just have him, him there, right there. Yeah. That... Uh, how can your boy be smashing you like this if you're the master? Like, come on. And Pep wants to come up before the game and even after the game talking about like how it's hard to play against Leeds because of the Pep, different things that... Pep never sounds you. humble when he says these things because Pep, we know he the players does. you have. We know the... Because I think it was... Damn, the, the numbers elude me now, but he's got a record number of five goal plus wins at City. And he's smashing everyone. So until it's been difficult to play against Mama, we don't buy that. Um, but anyway, Jay, it, it must be. Um, because... City know very well how to shut people's mouths. We were singing they need a striker because, hey, they got beaten by um, Leicester and whoever, and they're not doing very well. 11, games in, 11 goals in two games. And putting every people, people, anyone, any, everyone on the pitch is scoring, except for Bernardo Silva, if you have him in your FPL team. Everyone is finding the back of the net. That would be me. That would be me as well. <laughs> everyone. Foden comes in and scores. Grealish comes and scores. His first headed goal, Angaz, in how many games? Mares is back. We are going Jesus is providing Sterling assists. Sterling scoring again. Sterling is scoring again. So, and he was rumored to be on the way out because he's not finding game time. He's not playing in his preferred position. Yada, yada, yada. Everything is back working now. They didn't even miss Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne is not back in fit. And he was firing rockets against Leeds United. They look, terribly, they look terrifying right now, Jay. And w- when you contrast that, Abu Liverpool have COVID cases. Abu Van Dijk are out. What, what? They're dropping points. Chelsea have COVID cases. They're missing their players. This is the worst possible time to be catching COVID when City are in this form. I have been on here before saying that Pep is for Giola, right? Yeah. And gradually I've said, okay, he's not quite a fraud. Mm. Not even quite a fraud. He's not a fraud. But there are fraudulent things about the fact that he is, he always coaches the teams that are in the best position, either having, in my opinion, the greatest player of all time and the greatest academy graduates class together at the same time. And then, taking over a treble winning team and then taking over one of the two deepest pockets in the world. And then if something doesn't work out, they just keep Mm. opening the checkbook for you. And that does take off some of the glimmer in terms of what he does, but he is a genius. Mm. And last season and going into this season, he is proving that. And if he does this, Chuck, I... The Champions League with Manchester City is the holy grail. 
And although I don't think I'll, I can just put it just on that, you know, mm. I may still, I may still, but I, I, I might, I, I might not just be like, well, he hasn't won the the Champions League because Chelsea are the defending champions of of Europe, and mm. they look the way that they do. Because at the end of the day, as much as that title carries the weight it does, it's still a cup competition, you know. It's not the rigor of the Premier League because, in my opinion. You will never find a league w- winner who is not deserved of the league because the league asks questions of you over a period of time where you cannot hide. Mm. You are who the league table says that you are. At the end of 38 games, at the end of 10 months, 38 games that have been played, where you fit in on, on that log table is where you belong. Mm-hmm. Because even if you go like Arsenal on a three-game losing streak to begin the season... If you are better than that, it's going to tell over the next 35 games, right? And what we are seeing with Manchester City now, he's winning these games, he's they're scoring these goals without the striker. Mm. And I don't want that to happen, Chuck. <laughs> like, well, if you ask the question is, are we seeing them go do what they've done before? I think so. But I'm not going to quite say that yet because, and maybe this is just me speaking from my heart because I really don't want to see this happen because if this happens, Chuck, if they Mm -hmm. win again, that's four titles in five years. That's four titles in five years. And the last two, they didn't even have a striker. That would officially put the EPL in in the conversation of, are are we watching another Farmers League? And as people who are fans of the league, you don't want to say that. But if that happens, you're gonna to have to admit and say this is what ha- this is what is happening, you know. And the one time they didn't win is because Liverpool went berserk, got 99 points. It looks like it, like this looks familiar. It looks very familiar. But I'm gonna hold off maybe until the Liverpool boys go to the Afcon. By that time, here's what could have happened. Um, so. This coming weekend, Liverpool go to Leeds, uh, City play Leicester, and Chelsea are playing Villa at ho- at thingy at Villa's home ground, which uh, which could be very tricky because uh, Gerard's boys are on the up, so Chelsea could potentially lose points there. We don't know. Um, I'm expecting City and Liverpool to back points on that weekend. Points would be three points, um, and then the following weekend, Liverpool play. Leicester, I think they could win that. City play Brentford. Chelsea play Brighton, who don't really concede many goals, but Maybe Chelsea will win because they're playing at home, right? And then coming into the new year, Arsenal play City. If Arsenal are who we say they are in this episode, they could derail them or at least um, grab a point from them. But Liverpool play Chelsea. So they could drop points uh, coming to the new year. So they're already, um, who's the closest competitor? Four points away, no? Or three? That's I think Liverpool. I think Should now we think they are three, Just three check points away. Three yes. points away. So if, if somehow Chelsea beat Liverpool... They could potentially be six points away coming into going into the new year, which is a lot, um, considering that they still have to play a lot of big boys and still play um, amongst themselves. And we know what City did to Chelsea the last time. So, if Chelsea don't fix their form soon, they could, it could be a two-horse race very quickly. Um, so, the other horse in that race, Chuck, mm-hmm. Drew against Spurs, um, is that catastrophic? Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You don't want to be dropping points now at this point in time because the secret to to I mean, how Liverpool won there is that they were at the top as well for the longest time. And mm. try as you may to come close, the gap just wasn't um, becoming short enough uh, in the number of games that were available. So if you're trailing City, the, the thing is with these elite teams, Jay, if you miss a step, gaining it back is very hard. 
So them against uh, Tottenham, there are lots of missed opportunities in that game. And maybe you look at like the hurricane tackle. If they, if hurricane gets sent off, if they the captain of England gets a different decision than the captain of Scotland. It's different. It's EPL, Dana. <laughs> the rules are different. There's no Aberdeen here. So I think if if that if they t- get the points in that game, they're back in the running. Um, and it's just uh, well, are they tied on points? No, they dropped. Uh, they dropped two points, so they'll be a point behind. So if, if, at least a point behind you can you can work with that. But three now, and if you lose more later on, it's going to be catastrophic. But uh, champion champion contenders aside, that game was nice. That game was electrifying. I mean, it, it was it was it was blow for blow. And I think largely because Liverpool didn't have their regular uh, midfield in place, and so Spurs had room to work with. As soon as Spurs had the ball on the counter, Konate is not Van Dijk. Konate is a good defender, but he's not Van Dijk. Um, that game was great. It was thrilling. And also, Spurs looked very, 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 very well equipped to play a big team. Um, so, guys, maybe they're back as well and could chip up other contenders and make it interesting. I mean, we we are not supposed to be at a stage where we should expect teams to go to Spurs and just beat them. They're still Spurs, you know. Well, maybe by name. If they had beaten Tino by United. And they've beaten they've beaten City. They're one of the two teams who've actually beaten, beaten City. So, Liverpool might look at that and in, in the grand scheme of things... If you're trying to match your opponent, like, well, they lost on this ground. We got a point, mm. you know. Over at City, though, it's hard to tell who they're going to lose against. Because in the two losses, it's an early it's a early season loss against Spurs. And then there's... Opening game of the season, I think. Or yeah. the second one, yeah. And then they lost against um, Palace at home. I'm not sure how. They have that performance every season at home. Yeah. Leicester 5-2 the other season. Here, now again. United, the one time when United came and hit them like a blitzkrieg at the beginning of the game. I think you know, they went 2-0, 2-1. Mm-hmm. So they have that performance. When I when, when Then when you look at the, the performance, City, that is against Liverpool, at Liverpool, they were they were ahead in that game in terms of gameplay for like the first hour. I think they you were, know, yeah. They, they, they just didn't score. Yeah. And then same thing in the game against Chelsea. They outplayed Chelsea by far. Well, then they were dependent on just a, a deflected goal. But they got the goal. They got the win. With Liverpool... You can you you want to be concerned because of what you're seeing the other team doing, but mm. as I'm saying, the league still has more than more than halfway to run. Anything can still happen. The thing that sucks about City is the thing that can happen if you think like maybe players are missing because of suspension, uh, God forbid, injury, is the fact that they haven't had their best player or what we were saying is the best player in the league for the past couple of seasons, and they haven't missed a step. Like they've looked. Just fine. They can they can do just fine without Kevin De Bruyne. Whereas in that match against Spurs, I'm watching Liverpool. I'm like, they can't make do without certain guys. Fabinho, mm. so important. Would he was a big all miss. Nonsense, yeah. All of all of, all of the all of those balls that went straight through the midfield, and then you find that a Son or a Kane is running at the defense. These are things that don't happen when Fabinho is there. And whether he is as solid as he usually is, where he's cutting out those passes, or he's 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 up against the runner, he's picking up the runner, or because he's not very pacey, I've seen if you if you if you go <laughs> past him, he's gonna bring you down, yeah. you know. And he's he's street smart in that way. Fabinho was missed as much as Van Dijk, mm-hmm. and this is a team where Klopp has said that he's named some of his players like Salah, like um, Trent, like Van Dijk as the best in the world. They don't position. have a next man up the way that City do. That if you don't have Van Dijk, as you say, Konate is good, Matip is good, but they're not quite Van Dijk. 
yeah, with Robertson, yeah, you have Tsimikas, you know, who has approximated him quite well in the mm. time that he's he's deputized for him in, in in the team. But if 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 uh, Trent goes down, there's no one who's coming in coming to do almost what Trent is doing. So if if Mane and Salah leave, that's because yeah, there's no one in the league really apart from Cancelo who could do that. So true. I mean, it's a big miss. So where are you yeah. getting those guys? You know, mm. that is my concern with Liverpool. That when you when you go into games such as this, um, in a situation like you like this one, where you have to have Morton coming in, sporting the number eighty, mm. telling you that how far down the picking order he is, to be playing in a game against Spurs, that's 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 not a good thing. It's not a good thing. I mean, when Spurs high-numbered team players with Palmer, it's because they've got the, the luxury to do that. And yeah. Come on whenever. Foden didn't have to come on. He had a day off against Newcastle. Oh, no, let's bring in Palmer. Let's blood him in right here because this game is gone. The scary thing about City, City as you're saying, they didn't need the striker that we all said in the beginning of the season. They needed they need their best player. And all those parts that make up the City midfield are interchangeable. Bernardo can play up front. He can play deep. So can Foden. So can Mahrez. So can Kundawan. So can Kevin De Bruyne. And you never miss any of those players that oh, if such and such was here, he would have finished because such and such is is finishing That's anyway. That's the genius of Pep right there. So Pep, Pep's, Pep's methods are, are at this point uh, looking to be the ones to trump whatever else is. And you know what I was thinking about there. this? It's sad for Liverpool because without without Pep and City, Liverpool could be working on a third title in four years. And the one they would have missed out on is because they weren't lucky with injuries as well. But man when 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 you are asked to constantly hit 90 plus points though as i was i was saying to you that i don't think the the, the winners of the league title need that many points coming to this season because no one's doing the 90s and 95s again it looks like we're going there again is that is that the level of the prem that if looks, you need to win the it title looks like it you know what i think i think especially with city apart from the, the season that liverpool did go and get 99 points is Whatever it is that you're going to put across, we are going to match that. If you have 90 plus points in you, we're going to ask you to put 90 plus points on the board. If you don't, fine. We'll go on a 20 game winning streak and uh, when we are however many points ahead of you and realize that no one is actually here, we'll take our foot off the gas and we'll just, we, we're comfortable finishing with 85 points because you guys can't even come up to 80, mm. you know? So, yeah, it it is at that level, it seems, this season. The other thing is that we keep talking about City's depth and we see that. Um, Ake comes in and has a game. Stones comes in and has a game. But but with, 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 with Liverpool, that's why for them, when injury does hit or COVID, it hits them very hard. Yeah. They don't do well with rotation because it's the, it's always the same 11. The first 11 are bust. It really in is terms that. of in terms of winning the title, it is because we saw last season mm. that they couldn't cope. They, other players, yeah. At, at best, they're sealing without their best players is a Champions League spot. And even then, that's because Trent had come back into the team and he... And put, he put on he some had, magic later yeah, on, yeah. yeah. But other than that, like, yeah. Uh, it's City, City, City. The call is ominous. <laughs> All right, um, guys, I think, what else is there to discuss? Uh, certain... Aguero retired. A right? certain, certain number 10, yeah, certain number 10. Unfortunately. <sighs> Unfortunately, I mean... With Christian Eriksen, I don't know if his career will continue. I know that he can't play in the Serie A because of his heart defect. But Sergio Aguero has to quit the sports of football completely um, for his health. And I mean, you wish, and I know this is a side note, but you wish that the Prem would halt it for a bit because of the player's health. You know what I mean? Because like you're mm. saying family comes first, health, there are more things more important than football, but they're like, ha, you guys have enough players who are fit to play, which is a bit crazy. But anyway, back to Aguero. 
man, what a striker. I mean, I think he was, never mind that famous goal, I think he was the key catalyst with turning Manchester blue. Because do you know how many, I think I can remember three goals that uh, uh, Kunagura has hit past David De Gea near post into the roof of the net because his balance is incredible. Not only that, he's 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 one two nine very very well, and I think it's a shame that he doesn't have a title no Messi because often enough, if you have those two guys on the pitch, it should translate into a copper. I live at manager, but should should have had maybe two or three at the very least because I mean most of our not Maria, he should have translated what he's had with City in the Netherlands and Argentina because Argentina had a whole lot of talent during his spell um, for that side, so. It's a shame, but nevertheless, let us praise Aguero because during the time that Aguero has played, maybe you can you can raise a hurricane, but there's no striker in the Prem who's been at that level ever. From from the time he laced up his boots for City until the time he stopped scoring for City, there is no one who was at the at Sergio Aguero level. So, Chuck, when I first heard about Aguero, because Aguero is the same age as I am, hmm. He, I was in either grade eight or grade nine, and there was some kid in Argentina, thinking playing for Independiente, if I'm not mistaken. And it was, it was, it was, it was passing in a feature on some show I was watching. Remember, I, I didn't know his name per se. Um, I didn't quite recall his name. I remember what he looked like though. And he was this small, stocky dude, and I was like, it was like there's a 15 year old playing professional football. What the hell? Mm. And I was, and 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 I, I remembered. The, the player, right? Without knowing his name or knowing or following his career in Argentina. But I remember seeing that because mm. it, was, it was so crazy. It's like there's a 15-year-old playing for professional football. What the hell? And when he came to Europe via Atletico Madrid, mm. like that dude looks familiar. And when I actually like punched it in on like online to research who that guy is, like, oh, that dude made it to Europe. One, Wow, you mm-hmm. know, because I felt some connection towards him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm 15, it's 15. <laughs> and at the time, I think of myself like, yeah, man, I can play. I was like, nah, I can't really play. Because <laughs> look at this guy, you yeah. know. And then when when he's in Europe, that's after when Messi had, had boomed, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, no, there is a next Diego Maradona and it's the guy playing over at Barcelona. And Messi had won, had won the Under-20 World Cup with, with, with Argentina. But then the following year, Argentina had won in a 20 World Cup again. And this time, the guy who was heading up that team was Aguero. Mm-hmm. So you keep an eye on this guy, you know. And at, at Atletico, he was brought in to replace Torres, Torres, yeah, who was a club legend. Also started young, club legend, gone then to Liverpool. And it's like, okay, who's the guy stepping into the shoes of El Nino? He was worthy. It was amazing. Was more than worthy. Was amazing. And. When that transfer to Manchester City happened as well, it's like, okay. Because there's been the comparison with Messi because they're compatriots around the same age, you know. And no one is quite Messi. He's not quite Messi. But that, is not, that does not detract from his talent. Mm. Because when he, uh, when he arrived, that season he arrived. Because Manchester City had taken over, yes, by, 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 by the old Barons. And you're curious, are they going to quite be Chelsea? Because... Chelsea hit the ground running. Mm. It was their second season. They hired Mourinho and immediately they, they, they won the title. With City, though, that didn't quite happen. Like, I I recall when they had the team with the likes of Craig Bellamy, you know, and... Santa Cruz. Yeah, mm. and I was like, okay, 
and then they signed Robinho, but like Robinho wasn't doing anything in, this, in the city because yeah. clearly he didn't want to be there, you know. And I think a parallel story with Robinho is he heard he was going to play for some team in Manchester. He didn't know it was the blue side. It was the blue side, yeah. Oh, okay, something it's like that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and and for me, it was like okay, they're not quite Chelsea, you know. For yeah. a good few seasons, two or three seasons, like okay, yeah, they they have rich owners, but they're not part of what at the time it was the the big four. You know, they're not creeping into that conversation. And then Aguero happened. And mm. then that goal happened. <laughs> I, and when I think about that goal, I always think about Sir Alex's face because his reaction, because the whistle goes, where were you guys? Keep, no, they were playing QPR. Um, I forgot where United Probably were playing. We were. I know the game was finished. We're all the game was finished and then we see Sir Alex one. where like, he's jumping with his players, but then it's like, hold up as well. And I think that's when the news, when the news come in and you see the face of the United players. You see the face of Sir Alex. You see the face of the United fans. I remember you as well. It's like, what the hell just happened? Like, like dog, titles have been decided on the last day in many a leagues, but not an extra time when the winners, or who are the current winners, the live winners, have one day game and they're waiting for the result. And then he scores in, the, in extra time. That was heartbreaking. But you could, you could not hate on that moment. No, you couldn't. That is, that is, that is by far. We've used the term by far <laughs> in this episode, but that is by far in terms of seismic moments in the EPL because the last kick basically the last kick of 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 the season not of the just that game of the season same points goal difference clinches it takes off his shirt he's swirling it around the air and you you you're spine tingling it's goosebumps it's like I don't support City don't really like what might is might be happening before my eyes which we've since found out that they've taken over English football but in that moment, what a girl gave to like football, staggering. It was amazing. I mean, <clears throat> when you consider Oguti, City had had slick signings. I mean, yeah, they had money to throw around, and maybe Yachter was an obvious talent. But for me, for instance, Kuhn was good at Atletico, but I didn't know what exactly City were buying. Yeah, what he turned I, into I, afterwards. I must, I must I say as like, well, I, I wasn't thinking it, it wasn't Haaland. Yeah, you know, it wasn't at, yeah, it at wasn't, that time. We weren't riding on the high on the Aguero hype train, and when you look at the 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 acquiring of oh Silva, I was thinking Mata was more the prodigy or more the talented one in eh, Valencia. But when City when City get those two players and they turn everything around, you're like, wow, you guys have shopped quite smartly. Aguero J was in a class of his own, man. Balance, you know what was my favorite game? I think if I can recall. You know when City smashed Chelsea 6? Yeah. Aguero was all over City in the box. And if you give him the ball, it was goal, goal, goal. And I was like, wow, these guys are unstoppable. And, and for me, one of one of the best strikers in the Premier League era, period. Is he getting I would, a statue? I would, uh, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would say that as well. Well, and if you think about the fact that like Manchester City and their success is what? Just the 10, 10 years? Company, mm. Aguero, Silva? Yeah, and I think maybe yeah, three. To, to, well, although, you, do you want really want to give statues to that many guys from like from the same? It just so happened that that era was that great, mm. you know. But I would, up to this point, maybe another season of Kevin De Bruyne might change my mind. But up to this point, I'd say in this um, Etihad era, uh, in, in 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 the Shake era, he's yeah, he's been player. their greatest player, uh, and. Up there with, with he is in the argument well, with with Thierry and Rio. What, 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 what are his Rooney, goal numbers? Two sixteen three ninety for for Manchester City. That's two and three. And in in an injury injury played career at City. There's a point. There's a five. There's a five year stretch where uh, he was averaging thirty goals. You know, and 
No one else was apart maybe from Harry Kane in, in, in the Premier League. So this is a, this is a, a player, player who 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 had who made uh, Odadeng's Pep Guardiola a believer. Pep doubted him initially. I yeah. starting him off the bench. And this guy's like, I'll show you. And you couldn't ignore him yeah. because he puts the ball in the back of the net. His movement in the box, as you say, he, that that first that first step, that first two steps mm. away from the defender, and he's not offside, and he's collecting the ball, and he's he's shaping to shoot, and he shoots and he scores. That's what he that's what he did. He was a a, a cat in the box. Uh, I, I've seen highlights of Romario. Probably the closest thing to Romario in terms of the size and the gameplay is is Aguero, and. Hopefully, um, the 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 child that he bore with the genes of Maradona as well comes <laughs> comes through and, and, and finishes that. off where his dad um, left off prematurely. We might we, we must say because he's been mm. forced into this retirement, which is sad. But it all petered out in the end. Sadly, I mean, how he finished his career at City, where he was injury plagued, and then played a few games, and he was out. And how he had this grand move to Barcelona, was going to play with Messi, and things didn't work that out didn't at Barcelona. Out. And now he's got this heart problem. It's quite sad in the end, man, for a great player. Although I think, I'm certain, I I won't look back at his career and feel as though it was missing something. Uh, yeah. He he did what his talent required, and we can be satisfied. He can be satisfied with the career that he had, and as football observers as well we can't fault him for anything um and that's how i remember Aguero. and you will forever hear the commentary wherever you go wherever whatever time of your life it, you are in if you think the name Aguero, you know how in in america and all over the world when you shoot a paper into into a, a rubbish bin you yell kobe mm. when you when you kick into a corner or something like you just yell Guero. That, that's that's yeah. that's what happens. So those memories will live with us forever. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for joining us for yet another episode of To Upfront. You can find us on the socials to communicate with us. Chuck will tell you. I would like to hear from you guys. You can find us at To Upfront Pod on on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find me at J underscore Zulu. You can find Chuck at Chuck To Up. All right, guys. Hit us up on those platforms. Let us know if you think, likewise, that CSA should ban, ban, ban. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yes. <laughs> That's a mess in CSA. Let us know what you think of recent findings in terms of uh, what involves uh, Graham Smith, Mark Parcher, and Ino Kunkwe. And uh, looking at the EPL, would you say, would you agree, would you confirm, or would you deny that Arsenal are back? Um, what do you think that the title implications are for Liverpool having dropped points against EEE Spurs? And also, do you think... Uh, City have, have signed or have sounded off the ominous alert that they're coming for the title um, with this current run that they're on. And then lastly, give us your ode to Sergio Aguero. Oh, by the way, this is uh, a shout out to my partner in crime. I don't know if we must say people go to Nangaki Jay because if people ask, most of them you're, you're, you're 25. <laughs> some some would say 25. We've heard that one. <laughs> but your girl's age. Uh, this. Is going to be in the hallmarks of sound and on the internet forever. Happy birthday, Jay. This episode is for you. Uh, Top Front's very own Aguero. Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> We're out. Staggering! Just staggering! Where does football go from here?